It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ. Hi, I'm WBEZ reporter Monica Eng. And last summer, Curious City was out at the Woodson Library on Chicago's South Side. We were gathering questions for the show from library visitors when this guy came by the table. My name is Todd H. Strozier, and I am the former Cook County Board President. But just because he had a powerful political job, it doesn't mean he understands everything about how local government works. In fact, he's been puzzled by something in Chicago for a long time. See, 20 years ago, his fiancée lived near a nursing home way on the north side. And it seemed that whenever I'd drive up there to visit her, that there would be a fire truck outside of the senior facility. Uh, And I was always wondering, why is there a fire truck here? I know it's not a fire going on, and if there's someone sick, what do they need a fire truck for? So he asks, Why do fire trucks show up before an ambulance for medical emergency calls? It's a great question, and one we've gotten from a few listeners over the years. I mean, think about it. Why do you need an enormous fire engine with ladders and hoses when you're dealing with a stroke, heart attack, or gunshot wound? I asked a lot of folks about this and got two major answers. The city's official explanation is pretty logical, at least on the surface. But when I dug deeper, the answers took on a murkier, even shocking tone. I'm going to explain both here. First, the official answer from the Chicago Fire Department, which oversees both fire trucks and ambulances. The, the answer is pretty simple. That's Fire Department spokesman Larry Langford. He explains it this way. The fire department has about 100 firehouses spread evenly around the city. In those houses, the department keeps twice the number of fire vehicles as ambulances. And those ambulances, they're almost always out on calls. Some of the ambulances are so busy that they'll hit the street at 7 o'clock in the morning and may not come back to the firehouse at all until 7 o'clock the next morning. Meanwhile, those fire vehicles are often sitting in stations just minutes away from any given emergency. And these days, most have a paramedic on board. So the 911 dispatchers... They save valuable time by sending the closest vehicle... Which is usually a fire truck with an ambulance coming later when it's available. So... In a department with twice as many fire vehicles as ambulances, this setup makes some sense. But when you dig further, the logic falls apart. Consider this. In recent decades, the number of fires have fallen sharply. But medical calls have shot up. They now outnumber fire calls in Chicago by 20 to 1. But we still have way more fire trucks than ambulances, which seems weird. Despite these eye-popping numbers, fire department officials still insist the system's working pretty well. And folks shouldn't get so hung up on how medical help arrives. Langford's even got a catchphrase for it he likes to share. Okay, catchphrase. Don't look at the conveyance, look at the care. Not super catchy, but I get it. As long as a paramedic shows up, why does the vehicle matter? Well, turns out it actually can, and here's why. By law, Fire trucks cannot take you to the emergency room. They're just not set up to do it. Only ambulances can transport you to the hospital. And when you've got a certain kind of patient, that transport part is huge. When you get a stroke patient or a trauma patient, the most important thing is that they be transported to the hospital as quickly as possible. As they say with stroke patients, time 
his brain, basically. That's Chicago paramedic field chief, Rich Rainey. Studies have shown that a trauma patient that is treated on the scene and then transported has an approximately 33 to 40% chance of survival. While a trauma patient that is immediately transported and the care is given en route has upwards of 70 to 75% uh, chance of survival. And so if you don't have enough ambulances to get people to the hospital, Rainey says... There's going to be people that die. Chicago's not unique in this. Fires have dropped across the nation, while medical calls continue to skyrocket. But fire departments have been slow to adjust to a world where they primarily act as a medical service. So why is this the case? Why do fire departments continue to act so fire-centric? That's the question public policy researcher Phil Kiesling asked in a recent article. And I have to tell you, I keep getting answers that, at least in my book, are really not a whole lot more than, well, that's the way we've always done it. And that's the way we've always done it, I don't think is a very strong answer in a world that has limited resources and you want to try to optimize the resources you got. So what's a better way to use those limited resources in a world with rising medical calls and falling fire calls? Folks from Keesling to paramedics and the head of the Chicago Firefighters Union all told me... We would like to see more ambulances in service. More ambulances. You want to have a lot more ambulances. So everyone agrees we need more ambulances. Well, not everyone. Larry Langford at the fire department says the department would take them if the city paid for them. But he doesn't really see the big problem. We're doing pretty well with efficiency right now. Our response times are pretty decent in Chicago, better than a lot of large cities right now. The fire department touts these response times a lot. But the fact is, they don't meet national standards, according to City Inspector General Joe Ferguson. The IG has repeatedly called for the department to improve its response times and clean up the way it gathers data on them. Plus, paramedics say real response times should tell how long it took for a trauma victim to get an ambulance, not a fire truck. But response times aside, Critics say there are two more signs the city needs more ambulances. First, the millions in overtime Chicago pays paramedics each year. Last year, it paid out more than $14 million in overtime to paramedics, nearly 90000 to one guy alone in just overtime. And this doesn't just exhaust city coffers. Firefighter-turned-alderman Nick Spazzato says it can exhaust paramedics, workers who need to be sharp. To be working... You know, 24 on, 24 off, 24 on, 24 off, that's, that's just too much for somebody to do. Certainly if they're, they work a busy ambulance and they're, and they're doing the, the 25 runs a day and they're up all night, and it's, you know, that certainly they need their rest to be on their toes for the, for the next shift. The other sign of understaffing, it sounds like this. It's the sound of a dispatcher running out of ambulances in the main frequency, a.k.a. the entire north side. Anybody on the main frequency, anybody available. I taped it off a scanner broadcast on a recent winter day. I got a tip. But it's so common, supervisors have warned dispatchers to stop saying it on the airwaves where the public can hear it. So why are so many cities still struggling to meet their ambulance needs? Sources gave me a few theories. First, they say folks who use ambulances most, they're often low income and short on clout. And they note that no one wants to see cuts at their local firehouse. 
Take this exchange. I recently talked to outgoing Firefighters Union Local 2 President Tom Ryan. He totally agreed we need more ambulances. But should they come at the expense of fire resources? Well, (laughs) you know, uh, we still have fires. We still have a very large city, and we still have fires, so we, I, I would not be in favor of, of decreasing our ability to fight fires. These are problems that are not connected. In other words, don't fire firefighters. But Ryan is on the way out, and the incoming Chicago Union president is Jim Tracy. He ran on a promise to finally get five more ambulances for the department. And this gives paramedics some hope. Still, they say they'll need more than 150 more medics to staff those ambulances and to make up for shortages. But is there really money for that? And could the city come up with it without wrangling the fireside? Firefighter-turned-alderman Nick Spazzato thinks so. I'm not the least bit concerned that they'll figure out a way to budget director. We'll work this all out and we will have the extra five ambulances and we'll, have, we'll get our manning up, up to snuff and uh, what it should be. Field Chief Rainey also thinks this could work financially. He points to the millions in paramedic overtime, but also the fact that ambulances actually make money for the city. See, when an ambulance makes a run and transports a patient, the city gets to bill the insurance company or Medicaid. But in most cases, the city can't bill anyone for putting out fires. If we need the ambulances, and I do believe we do, regardless of the fact that paramedics generate income, this should be added because it helps protect the public. And I think that's what everybody says is the most important thing. Paramedics are hopeful the additional ambulances will become a reality by the end of the summer. But in terms of reorganizing the fire department, some of that may be decided in the union's contract negotiations later in 2017. Until then, folks shouldn't be surprised if a fire truck comes when they call for an ambulance. Because for now, that's just who's usually going to be available. Reporting for this story came from me, Monica Eng. And Todd Stroger wants to tell you... Curious City is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. Plus, he wants to send a shout-out. It's to the paramedics who decades ago saved his brother's life twice. And to the firefighters who put out a blaze at his childhood home. He thinks he even remembers the engine number. Thank you, number 72. Hello, Curious Citizens. Jesse Dukes here, audio producer at Curious City. And I have a question for you. Is there something strange about the layout of your apartment? Maybe something that suggests it was created in another era. An architectural detail that seems curious, outdated, or mysterious. Maybe a bricked-up fireplace, a door that's permanently locked and unused, or a weirdly shaped closet. If so, we want to know about it. We're answering a question with the Chicago Architecture Foundation about how apartment layouts have changed over the years. Maybe we'll use your apartment as an example or help you solve the mystery of that oddly shaped closet. Take a picture and you can email CuriousCity at WBEZ.org or tweet, Instagram, Facebook it to us with the hashtag ApartmentMystery. Tell us your neighborhood and when you think your apartment was built. That hashtag again, ApartmentMystery. We want to see inside your apartment, but not in a creepy way.
Coming up next time on Curious City. Oh, ye'll take the highway and I'll take the tollway and I'll be there safely before. The Jane Adams Tollway is the stretch of I-90 that goes north and west from O'Hare to Rockford. They're just finishing a major renovation, and when it reopens this spring, there's going to be something new, a smart road system designed to reduce traffic and make the road safer. But how smart is this smart road? We find out. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. You will agree with Mary for real driving pleasure. Take the tollway. Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Meantime, it was chaos today at the Chicago City Council. A Chicago cop with a controversial past is running for judge. Other times, you're looking for a deeper understanding of what's going on in the city. Wow, that's so... No one has asked me that question. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based. So you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts or at wbez.org slash rundown. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.